Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. I'm MC Anime, and today we have another special guest with us today. Um, it's Jed Schaefer. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Ah, peachy day. Can't complain. The weather's good. Good walking. Can't be happier. Yep, I I uh, have today off because of President's Day, so uh, it was a three day weekend. I'm never going to complain about a three-day weekend. Do you like have a job that's uh, related to the federal holidays? No, actually, I work in the health insurance industry. Um, so, it, which I know, uh, usually when you say that, that people will assume that you're just a tool of the devil. Um, True. But uh, I promise yeah. I'm not evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, for some reason, my company just observes President's Day. I don't know why. It's not like we can't do business on uh, President's Day. Uh, you know, doctor's offices are still open. Hospitals are still open. But for some reason, mm. my company takes it off. And I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I'm getting paid to sit around in my pajamas. So. <laughs> yeah, you get the day off, so you can't complain. Yeah, right. So uh, what are some of the things you do with uh, video gaming and all that stuff? Uh, well, uh, aside from being a gamer for almost 40 years, um, I also uh, I used to write a column that's on indefinite hiatus at the moment uh, just due to time constraints um, but the column ended up spawning a podcast which is called the Gamer Parent Strategy Guide uh, which it can be found on all your major streaming platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify Pod, not Podbean uh, Red Circle um, Overcast, all of it um, and the idea behind the podcast is uh, I've I got three boys, two 15-year-olds and a 9-year-old. Uh, they're all gamers. I'm a gamer. I grew up, I'm, I'm that tail end of Gen X just before the millennials started, like almost at the crossover point. Um, so I'm that generation that literally was born into and grew up with video games as video games went from novelty to what it is now. Yep. And my parents video games were foreign to them. I mean, you know, my parents, my first console wasn't in television. They bought it because I really, I was spending a crap load of money at the arcades on Moon Patrol and Joust. And they're like, well, if you liked it there, do it at home. But they didn't play. Uh, there wasn't a way to research games on content. There wasn't an ESRB. There wasn't, um, just it was a completely different market. To them, it was just another toy. So they just they were like, here, here's an, here's, here's an Intellivision. Maybe he'll develop hand-eye coordination and become a concert pianist yeah. or an eye surgeon or something. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the topic for this particular episode is video gaming, uh, semicolon, uh, the parent side of it. So Mr. Uh, Mr. Schaefer here has the experience with parenting and video gaming intermingling into daily life for him. So how is that like? Yeah. Uh, well, it's odd um, because so like I was saying about the generation thing, uh, my parents, there were no video games when they grew up. Parents didn't, or video games didn't come into play until they were in their 30s and almost into their 40s. So they just gave me a console and walked away. And 
parenting is a lot, a lot of parenting is either learning lessons of what to, things that you want to emulate when you become a parent, like when you're a kid, I mean, um, what you become as a parent is either emulating things that you saw or doing the opposite of things that you saw. And because my generation's parents didn't have any knowledge, yeah. we're coming into this completely blind. We are, yeah. our generation is making up the rules of being a gamer and a parent. Well, yeah. uh, so, so it's, it's really, um, I don't want to say it's fumbling around in the dark, but there is a certain kind of, uh, there is a bit of improvisation and kind of a learning curve to it of not only whether you're, whether you're a gamer or not, just being a parent of a gamer means having to, if you want to do it well, you kind of have to be really aware of what video gaming is yep. and all the facets around it. Oh, yeah. Because uh, with me, you know, I don't necessarily play video games. I know what they are. I know what they do. I know the fandom a lot. Uh, but the gaming aspect that I grew up with, specifically for me, is that my entire family, we did board games. So we play a board game. We spend a bunch of family time doing that game. So much, in fact, my dad was stopped playing Monopoly because he guys got sick of it. He gets playing board games all the time, and now he doesn't want to play any board games. So it's kind of funny seeing that aspect. And then you also have the tabletop gaming, which is a big industry. D&D, Yu-Gi-Oh! for me yep. is pretty big. Uh, but you also have to remember, in the parents' generation, there's only two types of... Well, there's like three main types of gaming that they had. Sports was very common. Uh, yep. Arcade was a was huge, very popular. Arcade, arcade gaming was like the thing when it came on. And then you also had tabletop gaming, all the board games and all the different DIY do, do uh, board game, do it yourself and try to figure out what you're doing. Yep. So all of that it was like a big push in medium. But when technology grew... Like, now we have two sizes of gaming. PC gaming and video gaming. And the console. So, all of that is now intertwined in the rise of technology. It's, I think it's the introduction of computers that really steadfast video gaming to the next level. What do you think? Uh, I think that's part of it. Um, or do you think the arcade medium pushed it as I, well because of that new technology shift evolving as we call it I think there's a there's a few different kind of parallel lines um, okay. that really helped push gaming uh, computers were were definitely a part of it I mean without the Commodore 64 being the greatest selling yep home computer of all time still 40 years later uh, you wouldn't have hundreds of millions of people playing Far Cry 6 and uh, uh, Crisis and whatever is going on in PC gaming. I'm not a PC gamer <laughs> by any means. Uh, uh, but without the Commodore 64 opening the door, I mean you you look up Commodore 64 games on Google and you'll find you know a, a few hundred official games, but because it was an open medium, 
People were making homebrew beans, and they're worth thousands of homebrew beans. Oh, yes. Homebrew is yeah. it's insane yeah. if you go through it, because some are really trash, some are actually really good, some are yeah. okay, but, like, you have to play the game to even see if it's good. Yeah. And, like, they were like uh, the emulator games, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I mean, that helped push, that helped push PC gaming a lot. Um, being able to homebrew and to make your own games, and I mean that's how oh, that's how a lot of early development houses started. Uh, you know, uh, they started with one guy or two guys in a garage uh, tinkering away, and you know, I want to make a game based on Gremlins, and <laughs> they, they made a, they made a game and they put it out, and another one and another one, and all of a sudden now you've got EA. I mean, not really, but yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but I th arcades, I think, definitely played a big role for consoles uh, because I know, I'm, even speaking for me, um, like I said, my first games were arcades. It was Moon Patrol and Joust. Those, I, if I have back all the quarters that I sunk into those two games, oh gosh, but, oh lord, I could probably pay off a quarter of my mortgage. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I feel the same yeah. way when I did Pokemon. Nintendo. Yeah. Like I okay. Well, so my dad worked in flea markets. So I'll have huge access to uh Game Boys, uh Game Boy S Color and DS. All of that would be applicable because of the uh wholesale market, how market how the market it works. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would I had my first console game Pokemon Yellow Special Pikachu Edition, and I I maxed out the hours on it. I I don't even tell you how many hours is on it now. It's nine 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 nine. It's like seven digits of nine. And it can't go anymore. Yep. <laughs> you maxed out. It's, it's very common with people to max out the hour ratio in the game, and then still play it. It's still playable to a certain degree, unless you don't like. Unless you play it 24-7 and you just let the disc burn out. More like if you take good care of the game and like storage and not misuse it. You can play it more like 10 years past what the resale date was of the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that I've got... Um, I, I would say my game for that would probably be Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, oh gosh. Okay. I bought... I've, I bought that game three times. I bought it. I bought it on the original PlayStation, and I beat the living daylights out of it. Uh, I three, you know, ten, fifteen years later, PlayStation Three comes out, and they re-release it digitally. Bought it again because I didn't have it anymore. I'm like, I haven't played this in forever, and it's now become my comfort game where. Every year or two, I'll be like, yeah, I'm bored playing all, you know, I don't want to play anything in my backlog. I don't want to play anything that I've got. Ah, heck with it. Let me beat Castlevania Symphony of the Night again. <laughs> I've probably, beat, probably beaten it 20 times. I've, I don't even change my gameplay style. I usually stick to the same weapons and the same gameplay style. I go through the map the exact same way, but I keep playing it. Yeah. And then I bought it again on PlayStation 4 because it came with Rondo of Blood. I, yeah. I, yeah, I... Same with me with Pokemon, um, oh, or God. same with same as with you as Pokemon. It's just mm -hmm. I have put an insane, ridiculous number of hours into that game. Oh yeah, I beat Pokemon Yellow probably like ten times, 
and the game is so much playable, you can play it in like two days and maybe finish it, and you play constantly. Yeah. And I know what, like, but, one game that I particularly play uh, that have not restarted at all is Pokemon Emerald. They have a special feature called Pokemon Frontier. I just keep playing the heck out of Pokemon Frontier all the time because it's never going to stop. They give it like two different battles, level 50 and level 100 for single battles and uh, double battles. I just keep using the same uh, Pokemon... But they have the database that you can get, you can select, and you can choose different Pokemon from each battle. If you win, you can choose another one to replace on your team, whatever. But I keep playing that. A lot of times I was like, okay, let's, how do I make this interesting, that be fun, to be a challenge? I want to win with a theme-type Pokemon. They're all rock-type, or they're all fire-type, or they all have this specific move. They all use status moves in order to win. I want that to be my team, my basically how I want to win in that challenge. And don't switch Pokemon unless it meets the theme. Right. That's how uh, interesting to me. I, the uh, if I had an analog for that, it would probably be Diablo three. Diablo. Um, oh god. I, I've I've sunk so many hours into Diablo, and um, so I'm played on. I have it on PS4, and. I was going through it, and I noticed that I was, like, only five trophies away from getting the platinum trophy. And they were all trophies that could be... None of them took some type of special skill or an online thing. They were all things that all I had to do was grind. All I had to do was just play for a certain amount of time and kill a certain amount of monsters and do things like that. I'm like, I can get this. I'm going to get this. But one of them required beating the game with six different character classes. Oh, God. So I had to pick six different characters and beat the game six times, uh, which is like a 20 to 30 hour experience each time. So I had to do that (laughs) six times. And I had to get all six of those characters up to level 70. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I did it. I got that platinum trophy. It was so, it took me months, and it was so exhausting. It just, I mean, if I was a single guy, it probably wouldn't have taken me months, but married <laughs> with kids, I got to go to baseball practices, I got to take one kid to karate, I've got parent-teacher meetings, oh, I've got gosh. work, you know, that platinum trophy felt a hundred miles off. Did you catch, that, start, did you catch that uh, platinum trophy on stream by any chance? No, I. Oh, you didn't I'm stream not, it. Oh. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a streamer. I like. I tried a few times. Um, streaming requires a, a really a, requires a certain type of personality, yes. and I, I. My hats off to it. Um, I mean, you have to. Mean? You have the personality. You do a podcast. So, what other personality do you need? If the problem is maintaining the personality while playing the game. Oh, true. I can understand that because uh, it's like yeah. the duality type of thing. You have you yeah, on, on the streaming, but you also have the character playing the game, and you also have to be entertaining. So a lot of people with gaming wise, they typically tell a story while they're video gaming, or they answer questions on the live feed of people watching in the chat. Yeah. And it's just, I, 
one of my most recent episodes was talking to a streamer actually oh. um her name is cool cat terry she's a she's a professional streamer on twitch she's uh i think she's got about three thousand followers but she she does it full time um and uh, she's married her husband's mm. income pretty much supports them and she just does it for fun and for kind of uh extra uh but i was interviewing her because i wanted because so many kids want to be streamers. They think that it's just flick, switch, play game, money. Oh, well, not everyone and wants to be. You can't just create a YouTube channel by just by being a video game streamer. I mean, that's how right. I started, but like, haste. You have to put so much dedication to it, is that a lot right, of times you don't get the, uh, the, uh, the crowd you want because you don't keep continuously grinding on. He took years to get where he is. Right. The kids don't see that. 15-year-olds, they don't see that. Nine-year-olds, they don't see that at all. They just see someone's in front of a camera playing Minecraft or playing Fortnite or whatever it may be. You know, they see Mr. Beast, they see Ninja, they see Pokemane, and they just think <laughs> it's as easy as webcam plus Xbox equals cash. And it's like, no... It's a 24-7 job. Even when they're off camera, they're still working because they're engaging on Twitter and Discord and they're making merch and they're thinking of the next game that they're going to play and the content they got to provide while doing it and on and on. And I just sat there listening to her explain how much work is involved. Oh, yeah. How, how draining it can be, both physically, emotionally, because fans get attached to you, or fan, or the opposite, fans oh, yeah. watch you to hate watch you. Um, I see it all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's so much. And I just sat there going, no wonder I couldn't do it. And my connection <laughs> to the streamers that I watch, because uh, I don't watch like live streams a lot. I watch a lot, a lot of YouTube video. But a lot of the YouTube content they create, they also have live streams on Twitch. So I can cast my, uh, from my phone to the Roku, because I have a casting device. The live, live, the live Twitch I can put on the TV, because of how the you know, casting that signal goes and mirroring the image. But um, they put a lot of work into it. I saw subathons. That is one thing is amazing me the most because it's so many hours. I had people yeah. do like a 24-7 subathon. I saw this challenge on Nuxtaku or Nuxanor. I think it's Nuxtaku. He got all his streaming friends. He'll pay like a thousand dollars if they win the challenge to see who can stream the most in the subathon. It was so draining because you can see they just sleep on. They literally have twenty four seven on that live stream. You just see them sleeping, or you see them like have a blank screen, or not even playing music. It's just, just a black screen. They just keep yep. it on and go to sleep and then get back up and do the same thing. And that was so draining. And they did like what sixteen days. They were exhausted, even though they they continuously streamed and did the, the content they wanted to do and all that stuff. The one... I, I've tried streaming just as a goof on a couple of occasions mm -hmm. and it didn't do much. The one time that I did try streaming, 
seriously. It wasn't so much to try to become a streamer. It was yeah. that I was involved in a charity, uh, uh, a charity oh, event. Oh, yes. Um, the charity uh, streams are yeah. also exhausting, too. Well, this one takes it a step further. Um, this, uh, the charity event or the charity group is called Extra Life and they do stream all, all the proceeds, any donations that you get go to the Children's Miracle Network, um, yeah, for all the various I, children's I think, hospitals. I think Matt Hat was raising that, I think. Game uh, game. yeah. Yes, I believe he has done that. Yeah. Um, and so the gimmick though behind Extra Life isn't just that you do charity streams for CNN, it's that you do a 24-hour game stream, mm -hmm. continuous. So you play video games for 24 hours straight. In your late 30s, that's a, almost a death sentence. <laughs> yes, because you don't have a, like you have a social life, but you it's really hard to plan that entire thing. Well, it's not even that. Oh, it's yeah. It's the logistics of like it's well. I still need I I still need to eat. I still need to use the bathroom. I still mm -hmm. I need energy. Like I need to be able to stay energized. Yeah, staying up staying up twenty four hours. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're twenty, staying up twenty four hours isn't all that hard. When you're almost forty, yeah. Oh, I by hour twenty two, I was like literally using. Because I was playing an R a, a JRPG, I was using one hand to control, mm -hmm. and every now and then with the other hand, I was like prying my eyes open because I was just, I was so dead. Oh, but, yeah. um, I mean, it was worth it. I raised 700, 800, uh, around between seven and 800 bucks. Um, I mean, that's not, yeah, it's not, Since I'm not raising that. You don't have an but, audience. You don't have like, right, a, not, a huge audience. That's really good to raise that much money. Right. I'm, you know, it's not map pad money, but it's seven, eight hundred dollars they didn't have before. I've, I've seen some of his streams. They're hilarious because they do all these weird challenges, trivia, flipping. You get the answer wrong, you get doused with milk, or you get cookies thrown on you, or feathers and goop. Like, what is this? And yeah. they're on a cube, and if you get it, if you get it right, you don't get it. And, they, and also, they had to hit mysterious buttons, like. Hit this button, and then you get cheese thrown on if you hit it. Uh, there was also a button that you instantly win. You don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> right. It's like they hit random buttons, and they get whatever they hit. They have to get. They have it ahead of time that they get poured with if they get it wrong. Yeah, I give him credit for being for not only doing that for for doing it every year. Um, and I imagine it isn't going to get any easier because I know what his kids now like three, four. Yeah. He was just on. He, he looks about three or four. He was just on one of the mm -hmm. Food Theory episodes. Um, yeah, I love Food Theory. I love watching Food Theory. But like, it's also funny seeing how it's affecting his home life. They had to eat all the Christmas trees needles oh, <laughs> for an entire month. I was like, why? Why do Part you of want me to felt sorry that Christmas trees are edible? <laughs> part of me felt what? sorry for him, and another part of me thought, you did this to yourself, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, this was again. avoidable by your own hands. Then he did again, trying to do it in cookies. Trying to see how much Christmas tree, what was it? Sawdust. Yeah, sawdust. How much sawdust can you put in cookies that you can actually, t without tasting the sawdust? <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, yeah, what? Watching his wife's face turn as she's like, as it's like ten percent sawdust, twenty percent sawdust, thirty percent sawdust, forty, and just watching her face all of a sudden start to realize there's something wrong with this cookie that I'm eating. Yeah, and then like you see the cookie actually get less and less cooked. It looked like more desaturated. Yeah, most during the cookie. Because it doesn't have the I, proper ingredients for the cookie to rise. I don't know how he keeps going, especially now with it with a toddler. Like I give him all the credit oh, in the world. Oh. I'm not. I'm not even trying to be him. So that will. I. I've said it on my podcast. I will say it until the cows come home. I am never going to try to be Matt Pat because I don't have. One, I don't have the boisterous personality like Matt Pat. He is a. He is just a human lightning bolt of personality, and oh, yeah. I applaud game him for theory, it. But game theory and food theory. I, what else and he's not, into? And he's still talking about opening a fourth one. Like, what, is he gonna I, open? what else is he going to talk about? I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I know that it can't be music theory. He said that much, but I don't know what else it could be. It can't be music um, theory? Oh, my. If he did music theory... Oh. Yeah, he, he said it can't be music theory because of trademark reasons. Um, because he won't be able to play the songs on YouTube because they don't get copy striked and, or copyright striked. Yeah. And you can't do that. So, um. Yeah, you can only, like, play, like, uh, non copyright music for streaming wise. Or, like, two seconds worth. Because there's a music channel that I subscribe to. He'll play, like, two, three seconds, but it's, like, it's, you, you have to follow within very specific parameters. Yeah, like um, background music you can do on a live stream, but you have to do it, like a lot of people, you see that you hear the same music because that's the same uh, music that can be played because of public, either public domain or uh, it's non-copyright. Non-copyright is, is permission from the creator to use that music and the uh, the accreditation for like giving credit to that creator is either sometimes on stream you announce it and do subtitles that way, or you know other other ways as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So what I uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, what I was saying though was Matt. I give credit in the world to Matt Pat for being able to do as he does because mm -hmm. with a toddler, I mean. Like I said, I got a two 15s and a 9. 15-year-olds are, you know, they're almost, with the exception of having to be driven places, they're pretty much self-sufficient. A 9-year-old still needs help with some stuff. You know, he can't cook a roast, but um, for the most part, you know, he can dress himself, he can shower himself, he can yeah. do all the, you know, the basic life functions. Uh, but 3-year-olds, they need your constant attention. They need they need you for life and yeah. uh, being able to do three YouTube channels. He is a gamer, so I don't know where on earth he finds time to play anything. I, I, I'm not a, 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 a successful YouTuber with 10 million subscribers and maybe I get four hours in a week, maybe five. Yeah. Pops. <laughs> yeah. So, that brings in an interesting question. What is it like in the household with the dynamic of your children wanting to play games, and you want to play games, and uh, 
the clashing of maybe you're using too much uh, power or electricity. Well, fortunately, we managed to um, go. Uh, we switched internet providers uh, just late last year. Fiber optic. Uh, yeah, actually, we went to a fiber optic, uh, one gig download speed. That's um, partially because, I mean, aside from the monetary factors, uh, I work at home, so uh, I re I'm constant. You know, for a forty hours a week minimum, because I'm in management. Yeah. Uh, I I need the internet <laughs> to be able to connect to mm -hmm. to my employer. Um, they're big gamers. We don't have uh, standard TV. We are cord cutters. So all of our television content comes from Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and all those. So we use a metric ton of internet. So I needed the I, I needed the, uh, the the super duper deluxe internet. So. Um, <laughs> so that that uh, doing that really fixed the, the bandwidth issue. You know, surprisingly, actually, the, the, through my ISP, it's only eighty bucks. Oh, that's not bad. That's still like eighty. Yeah, eighty bucks, and it comes with the HBO Max subscription. So, Ooh, that's I, pretty yeah, good. so that is a pretty sweet deal. So um, that takes care of the bandwidth, uh, power. I mean. Eh, you know, electricity is electricity. It's going to get used somehow. So um, I just I don't even sweat that. But uh, once they became of age and they wanted systems, like mm -hmm. they the twins started with accounts on my PlayStation Three, and then they got to a certain age, they wanted their own systems, and so we got them their own systems, which meant also getting them their own TVs. Uh, and then, you know, once the nine-year-old came of age, he wanted a system, so we got him a system, and we were like, well, he needs a TV too, so everyone's got a TV. So, fortunately, for logistical reasons, battling for TVs is not an issue, and battling for video game systems is not an issue. Everybody's got their own, everybody can go off to their corners, and play their systems and not interfere with each other or not monopolize the TV and prevent someone from watching Jeopardy or whatever. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, the, the downside to that is that everyone can go to their corners, which yep. when you're a teenage boy, most teenage boys, I mean, at least I know I was, and apparently my teenage mm -hmm. boys are too, you tend to live in your corner. <laughs> you yeah. tend to hibernate. Unless there's a girl involved, you tend to hibernate in your room and avoid your parents. And video games make that easier. Yeah. But if we take the video games away, then they get surly. So, yeah. And with me, I'm like half time in my room, half time in the living room. Sometimes I'm in the living room by myself watching TV. And then I go to my room to watch TV. But also do it in my room, I do the podcasting. So, it's the best place, it's the most quiet place I have to do the podcasting. It's still some noises you can hear from time to time, but I use, my, my best quiet place was the camper. But my, let's just say, my brother is dumb, and he ruined that, so I can't get into the camper when my dad's not home. Let's just say that. Fair. 
Uh, he ruined it. He brought some people in, and he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And no one no longer trusted in the campo unless he's there. Most of the time, since then, I have not been in the campo. Even though he's home, I don't go in the campo. Because it's just a habit, because he was gone for an entire month. It's like, well, whatever, I'll be in my room. Probably easier and safer that way, really. Yeah, just, I have uh, control, because I, I just set the computer desk, mount the phone, if I need to. Uh, uh, lately, I've been using Zoom more to record the uh, podcast, so it's been really great doing that. Get good... Oh, I like it because I get the better audio quality. Um, I found that the other audio quality is, like, less subpar. So you get, like, you know, weird levels of this sounding like, I don't know, distorted here or distorted there. So you get, like, weird levels that can be, like, interesting in that regard. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been using Zencaster, um, mm. which... Just for the sake of ease, it's got its own built-in recording system, okay. um, and, it, and it records each vo- uh, vocal track individually. Yeah, that's, so, Disc- yeah. Uh, that's what I use for Discord. I have a co-host. We use Discord. The Craigbot individually tracks the voice levels in the voice channel, so there is no disturbance yeah. because it tracks the voice levels themselves, not the uh, surrounding noise in, in the channel itself. Yeah. The problem, the one gripe I have with Zencaster is that I don't know if they offer more options at the paid level, but at the free level, recording is mono only. Oh. Now, to be fair. You want stereo. Oh. Yeah. Now, to be fair, this is also a podcast. I'm not recording. You know, I'm not Radiohead. I'm not. Re- <laughs> I'm not recording some grand sonic landscape yeah. album. So, I, I, tr- I try to kind of as much as motto is like, oh man, it's not 1962. Uh, I try to balance it out with, yeah, but it's just me talking. So, yeah. it's either the Zoom, Discord, or a tape recorder. But I also have a noise-canceling recording scene on my tape recorder, so it basically trains the same as, as Zoom. Yeah. Which I really like. Uh, it does pretty good. Uh, you know, noise-canceling is pretty much what you need if you have a recorder of any sort. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, it can store four gigs, four gigabytes of audio, believe it or not. Well, I've also learned to, um, there's a website, uh, we're, um, we're going way off on the on podcasting tips, which is, I mean, hey, if you're an aspiring podcaster, yeah. this is good advice. Um, there's a website called Auphonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. Uh, they offer for five, for, uh, each month you get, what is it, five, get five hours of, um, free, post-recording mastering so you can up so you can upload your file and there are you can get into some there's some very basic level mastering but then you can get into some really fine detail but uh i use it 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 eliminates noise reduction it balances levels it uh you know like your theme music is 
60 decibels, but for some reason your vocals are recorded to 30 decibels, it will bring them all into even keel without making it sound distorted or uh, sort of scratchy or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, 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 it really scrubs it and balances and optimizes it the best way possible. Yeah. Uh, so I, all of my podcasts get uh, treated with that, so that way, um, at least on the Zencaster ones, like if I'm recording locally by myself, I don't bother using Zencaster, so what's the point? Uh, but anything with Zencaster gets run through that, so the way the, the sound and everything can yeah. get uh, blended. True. And uh, with mine, uh, most of the time, my audio quality is just good enough that uh, like... Noise reduction is pretty much the mandatory thing I want because I have a lot of noises in my house. My room is not necessarily the best for audio content. Like, I don't have, like, audio mesh here. It just bounces off everywhere. And I also have, like, some fan that's always in the background. My, sometimes my desktop's, like, loud. But I like the noise reduction because it only focuses on the audio of me talking and then the uh, directly of the person talking. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky right now um, recording because uh, mm -hmm. our house is in a state of flux as far as layout goes. We're, we're oh, uh, redoing some stuff in the basements so that way we can move our twins into the basement and give them a little more space. And once that happens, I'm taking over what is currently their bedroom and it's becoming my office. Until then... I'm stuck recording in my bedroom, and we're 15, 20 feet away from, uh, you know, right as I said, I'm 20 feet away from their room, and I know that one of the twins is in there playing probably the latest Call of Duty, uh, <laughs> and typically when he's, because when, when you're 15 in, in this current generation, if you're a video gamer, you're probably playing Call of Duty at some point yeah, in the day. Yeah, you're like a sailor, too. Yeah, and <laughs> when, he, when he plays Call of Duty, or anything else, really, Rocket League, NBA 2K, yeah. any video game, uh, he tends to get excited and yells and mm -hmm. we can hear it sometimes too, you know he's on the second floor i can sometimes hear it in the basement so i'm just lucky right now that apparently he's playing and not agitated because otherwise i'd be able to hear him oh my gosh that's hilarious right i i, <laughs> I don't understand i don't understand it like he's got three broken controllers sitting on his gamer setup He's got four. He's got one working controller and then three broken ones, which for some reason he won't throw away. And uh, so hey. he gets mad enough that he screams. Uh, and he's got and the reason those one controller is broken because of drift issues, but the other two he has slammed into things because he gets so upset. And I'm oh like, dude, God. like, dude, oh. that's a sixty-five dollar investment. What the hell are you doing? Why? <laughs> Why? I have never. Not in my life. I've been gaming for 40 years, man. 40 years. You know how many controllers I've broken out of anger? None. Zero. Oh, Zero. I'm on, I've got a perfect record. Oh, my gosh. That and he's on me. his fourth. That's what reminds me when I do sometimes when I, uh, when I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! all the time on PC. Because I didn't have like a like 
a community to play Yu-Gi-Oh with, and until now I play at locals. But um, I would get mad because I lost. And then my mom is just like, game, why are you mad? It's like, I'm mad because I did the mistake, and now they're winning because of that mistake. Or, I don't, this particular deck is just flooding me out, and I can't play because their strategy or combo is preventing me to play. I can't break the board. Right. I, I get I getting mad, I mean... Yeah. I've sworn at yeah, you know, I've sworn at the games that I played and you know, I've I've dropped some <laughs> language that would make sailors blush, but I've never destroyed the controller. I've never you know I never, I never like I mean I hit the couch or I had a little grunt or or right, yelling you, in my room and then it's like yeah, you know, Are you yelling you, in your room? Are you okay? I'm fine, leave me alone. <laughs> You don't take your, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and tear them. Or, oh, you know. No, I don't want to do yeah, that. Right, you want to keep playing. I want to keep playing because that's, that, that's a sound investment. That's a couple hundred dollars. Right. Hey, kids, all of them. I, okay, <sighs> not the youngest one. He has not broken anything yet, which is surprising <laughs> because he is the most hot-tempered of the three, oh, but the God. other two... <laughs> The two 15-year-olds, the two who you'd think would know better, who have a concept of value and what, how hard it is to get and keep money yep. and, you know, working expenses and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the work before play, all that stuff, all those things you have to start thinking of as you get older, uh, they have that concept and yet, you know. They, they try a, what, a 360 no-scope or whatever tricks is the latest thing in Call of Duty that I have no idea what to do because I'm not a Call of Duty player. Yeah. Um, they try it, they fail, or boom, there goes the controller. Yep. Like, you want a new one, man, you better start mowing the lawn. Yeah, that reminds me, uh, there was a new call, uh, as it, I believe COD is what they call it, Call of Duty COD, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... Uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! server that I'm a tournament organizer slash moderator for, uh, they're branching out into COD Mobile. And they're making a, a, a faction there and making a clan. They want to make a clan, get a bunch of followers, and be like top-ranked clan of COD Mobile. And it's like, okay, so what they want to... Oh, we can teach you COD Mobile. It's like, ah, I'm not a mobile game and I'm a PC gamer and a video gamer so good luck trying to teach me because I don't play much games. The only game I played was like Pokemon and maybe Tetris. Yeah, that's... I, <laughs> I that, 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 that's old school a, Nintendo games. That was my entertainment as a kid. I was poor. Yeah, just... Trying to get someone into video gaming and have uh, Call of Duty being the first step. Oh, God. Um... That's a little much. Like, uh, start uh, people off. Some of the gaming, I'll get some into Halo first, or Bioshock, or uh, some homebrew game, or something that would be like something easy to teach to go up to the next level. You know, maybe an, uh, a small RPG or something like that. Oh, see, I wouldn't even go that far. I'm thinking like the original Sonic the Hedgehog, Super <laughs> Mario 3. I, you start off, like, that's what I started off my kids with. They, when, oh, um, you play those games? 
Uh, I, mean, they I think when they were Mario young. and maybe Sonic and Santa All-Stars and Pac-Man Party. I mean, they, Nintendo they Wii was fun. They did when they were much... The twins did when they were much younger. Now... Uh, they get some novelty out of it on occasion, but 99 times out of 100, if they're going to play a game, they're going to play Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto Online, stuff like oh that. Gosh, my nine-year-old, my, my nine-year-old though, he's got a Switch, and he's got the Switch Online subscription, mm-hmm. which comes with access to a metric ton of old Nintendo games. So he's played Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda and Metroid and... Uh, Mighty Bomb Jack and, uh, you know, dozens of other NES and SNES era games, and he he loves them. He finds those games fun. They are um, fun. Uh, th- those games yeah. don't get any better because the games now just become this huge campaign of whatever millions of dollars they put into the game. And don't forget, Matt Hat had SAO sold out online. Most expensive game ever, never been made. Yeah. Well, see, I I like both sides of it. I will still sit down and play Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario 3, stuff like that. I will still play them because those games are evergreen. The gameplay is pure. The gameplay is crisp. You can pick it up and learn it. Like, those things are formulated so... Mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers, the original game, Level 1-1, is a tutorial. And you don't even know that it's a tutorial. But it, it teaches you the rest of the game. It teaches you flashing question mark block. I should jump and hit that. Mushroom walking towards me. I should step on that. I can't run into it, though, because that will kill me. It teaches you how to do everything. So those games, there's just such a simplicity to them. That being said... You get to games like Metal Gear Solid 3 where there's themes of, you know, where there's, there's this grand story arc about uh, patriotism and the price of it and uh, whether it's noble to sacrifice yourself for a lie. Uh, you know, the things that make you think like that. Uh, the Last yeah. of Us, uh, or the better example, God of War, oh, yeah, where it's about... Yeah, the, the 2018 God of War, where it's about fatherhood and uh, grieving and how different people process it differently. Some people shut it out, some people let it in, some people process it, some don't. You can't find that in Super Mario Brothers. And so, it's like sometimes, yeah, I do want that simplicity. I do love just being able to play Galaga and just yeah. shoot oh, bees and you know, a shooting bees in space. It's fun. And sometimes I want to be challenged. Kids today, eh, most of them, you know, they want to be, they want something simplistic, but they want it to look pretty. So, henceforth, Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The three-year-old, what kind of... Does the three-year-old play any games, like, on the tablet or anything? No, um, he doesn't... Uh, he has old iPhones that we, uh, you know, like, we graduated from the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 11, and yeah. he got the old 6, and the, all he does on there is just play stuff like Subway Runner, um... You know, simple things like that. But his thing is the Switch. He's got the Switch, he plays... 
mostly he plays Fortnite, but he has the three has Zelda plays Fortnite. Nine year old. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but he he plays Fortnite. He plays uh, Minecraft. Um, Zelda. He's got Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, the newest one. Um, those are his main games, and he's got a few other games, but those are the ones that he gravitates to because yep. gaming is, and especially after the last two years, gaming, the online component of gaming and the community component of gaming has become so much more intrinsic. Yeah. It's so important because, yeah. you know, for all of 2020 and for a good portion of 2021, that was how they kept in touch with their friends. So Fortnite, Pretty much. Fortnite's part of their DNA at this point. I don't understand it. I tried it. Oh, I, I don't. I, I'm cringing at the fact that Naruto has now has a gun. It's like, ah, uh, what is this? No, do not bring my favorite, one of my uh, very iconic anime character in this game, and give him an automatic rifle. It's like, no, this does not. That's how it should be. And he's eating ramen in the trailer. And a flipping giant robot comes and he just summons the shadow clone to fight the giant robots. What is this? No. It, it, it's Epic Games has insanely deep pockets. That's what they make. So much they like. They make more than a million dollars a day on Fortnite. So they can get licenses that don't make sense, like Naruto and The Rock. And, you know, uh, it's, I don't understand it either. Uh, I, back when I had a column before the, uh, when the Game Repair and Strategy Guide was a column before it was a podcast, uh, I did an edition of it where I played Fortnite for a week because I wanted to be able to say with experience behind me what Fortnite was. I feel like this is going to be you know, a disaster. You know, it really wasn't, actually. Okay. A lot of people you know, a, a lot of people who don't like Fortnite assume that, oh my god, how did you even survive a week? And Fortnite's not that bad to play. I just know it's just yeah. it's just cringe on me and some of the characters, but other than that, it, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's I have, as far as a gameplay goes, I have nothing bad to say about the game. The, yeah. the if the controls are responsive, the jumping is tight, the shooting mechanic works really well. Gotcha. Uh, I couldn't get the hand of building for the life of me. That I just I didn't even bother. I just played the game like a shooter. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as gameplay goes, I get it. I get why people, especially young people. I get why they're attracted to it, and I get the community aspect of to it, and partnering up with friends, mm-hmm. doing duos and trios. I get it. Is it for me? No, not even remotely. Do I? Are there aspects of it I, I don't like, like how <laughs> there is a massive, uh, a massive culture of bullying around people who don't have certain oh, character yeah. skins? Yeah, it, it's, it's just. Yeah, and Epic does nothing about it, and kids get harassed because they don't have the right, you know, the latest and greatest skin. It's disgusting, and Epic needs to do something about it. But, is it, you know, can there be some really disgusting online trolls? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. So I, I, I was in one room. They've got a creative suite, and 
there was a room, uh, like, people will make obstacle courses where you have to jump through and do a whole bunch of crazy stunts and everything. And I was in one obstacle course. I was the only person above the age of 12 in this entire room. And there were two kids that were speaking to each other that were speaking a non-English language. I believe it was Spanish. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. And then there was a few other kids who were speaking English. And one of the English-speaking kids was couldn't have been older than 10. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. The language that this child was using. <laughs> three F-bombs in a 10-word sentence. Gosh. And racism. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. What is that bleeping language? What is that bleeping <laughs> language that you're bleeping talking about? Are you a bleeping... Oh, my... I'm... I was just sitting there like, oh my god, this is horrible. Oh my god, what what is this world? <laughs> so, <laughs> are there bad things? Yeah, there are bad things about Fortnite. Oh, no god. questions. But I don't think there's so many people, parents out there, who hear Fortnite and they think it's the great Satan, and it's not. It's a game. It's just another game. It's it's no worse than Call of Duty or, or Rocket League yeah. or, you know, anything. Yeah, what, mostly what I think is the online features of chat has greatly made games in a negative light because of what they say, what they do, uh, also the attention span. You're never going to... At one point, colonists wanted to say that video gaming was the the epiphany for why kids are failing school. That's not the reason why. No, it's a factor. But parenting has to be divided in order to spend your time wisely. You only will get the video games if you get your homework done. You know stuff like that. Right. Like on uh, you know because my t- uh. I've got a PlayStation, and my two 15-year-olds have a PlayStation. First thing I did when they got theirs was I set them up as sub-accounts. So I have parent, I have the ability to set parental controls on their accounts. They play, if they try to turn their PlayStation on before a certain time of day, because they're both homeschooled, they try to turn it on before a certain time of day, they can't play a game. If they try to... If it, and there's a cutoff time. Nine o'clock at night? There's a count, there's a little countdown timer that says you have four hours, three hours, however much time is left. There's a little countdown timer in the top right corner that just is reminding them that the deadline is nine o'clock, and at nine o'clock the blade comes down and the game is off. It it doesn't give you any. The timer is the only warning. It just you're in the middle of a game. Sucks to be you. Oh, it's done. Man, so you better you better watch that. the time. It's uh. like you better watch the timer and you better save. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the step that I took because I don't want my kids to Become be like you and stay up like one a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I don't want them glued <laughs> to the thing. I don't want them. I mean, I'm not staying up till one in the morning, but um, I don't want them glued to it and have it become a detriment to their lives. Yeah. I want. You know, video games are fun, but school comes first. Garbage's got to be taken out. Yeah. Lawn's got to be mowed. Do your chores. Do your work. 
video games will come after at a reasonable amount of time. You can't tell me you didn't do 1 a.m. because you did the 24-hour streaming for the charity event. <laughs> I don't do 1 a.m. anymore. No, not anymore, but you did. Yes, I have done it. It sucks because you, if you don't have to do it all the next sucks. day, you really are losing sleep. Well, I took a three-day weekend that that time. I took a three-day weekend. I did. Uh, I did the. I did the charity stream the first day of the three-day weekend, okay. and the second day of the weekend was just recovery. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Oh gosh, and the wind yeah. like in your bedroom. The, the time that you have to be on a podcast and your wife wanting some downtime. Um, well, the podcast I kind of schedule a little helter-skeltery. Uh, there are certain days where I can't do it because of our commitments. Uh, I've got well, our youngest son. He has two... Um, he has karate to, uh, actually three times a week. Yeah. Uh, so the two of, two of those days are in the in the mid to late evening. Uh, those are, are well, those are weekdays. Yeah. That strikes that day out because I'm working from seven to four. He's got karate in around the dinner hour. Uh, that means one of us has got to take him while the other one stays home and cooks. So those two days are just wiped. Uh, Saturday mornings he's got karate. That and. Uh, one of our sons, one of the twins, has a standing appointment on that day as well, a personal appointment. So much of Saturday is kind of out of the window. So she knows that this podcasting is something that brings me joy, that some, it's something that I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, something that we have learned with marriage. We've been together now. Uh, we've been together almost 21 years. We've been married. It'll be 19 years this June. Um, something it took us both a while to understand that just because you're married doesn't mean you have to like everything together. Oh yeah, it doesn't mean you have, to, and it doesn't mean you have to do everything together. You can also dislike everything together too. People don't realize. Yeah. Well, you don't have to like it. You can dislike me or dislike the activity, but I can also dislike the activity that you do, and you know I don't. I can't connect to that, so we're even. <laughs> And, and the trick is to not take it personally, but at the same time, not force it upon the other oh, person. Yeah. So, like, good example is that just last month, my wife and our kids went to go see the the uh, a stage production of The Lion King okay. in uh, downtown Detroit. I couldn't give. I don't care. I've never liked The Lion King. I don't really. <laughs> the movie doesn't do anything for me. Um, and I really am not a fan of stage productions. I just don't like that medium of performance. It just doesn't connect with me. So she didn't even bother. There was no question of. Uh, there was never a do you want to go question. She just knew that there wasn't an o- that it wasn't an option. Simultaneously, she knows this doing podcasting brings me joy. It's something that I like to do. Um, you know, the podcast that I have is sort of, it's a personal mission yeah. in, of sorts of trying to educate other parents, whether they're gamers or not, yeah. you know, to, to bring video gaming a more positive light and to help people. And she knows that. And so she's more than willing to say, Hey, 
you need an hour to go talk to this person about uh, microtransactions or game, the game's rating <laughs> oh, board. Gosh, I love you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Michael, I, yeah. I have a funny story about microtransactions. Um, there's a new game, Duel Master. It came out for Yu-Gi-Oh! The problem is, it came out so late. Hearthstone, Age of Warcraft, all these other card games have their own online playing simulator for the card game. Well, it took Yu-Gi-Oh! a long time to... It, they just finally caught up. It's, it's really new. And it's all the craze. That's all I saw about on YouTube about Yu-Gi-Oh! The, the Master Door. It's like, I don't like this. This is so weird. It has a weird ban list. It's not the OCG or TCG balance. It's like, what is this? This card's banned. Why is it here? Uh, and then the streamers will be streaming for hours on end and then barely get any sleep because they're trying to cram as so much of the game in as possible. And the microtransactions, they encourage you, because you unlock packs through gems, they encourage you to buy more gems digitally to keep opening packs. And I hate opening random packs. Yep, that is, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not a problem that's going away anytime soon. Yeah, uh, that's... I'm not playing the game because of the simple fact, well, I hate the ban list. Uh, it's not, it's, it's best of one format. Usually these game, card games is best of three, so you get two, you get, at least two matches with the with the person as you who's your opponent. With this best of one, you only play them one one game. That's not enough, and it has the weird ban list. It's like a, a OCG and TCG hybrid. OCG is uh, Japan, TCG is North America, and those two certainly overlap, and they do. By some weird miracle, they think that is acceptable and that there's an announcement saying that that game is now going to be exclusively by itself not TCD or OCG it's going to be its own tournament that's like great yeah unfortunately though the microtransactions microtransactions don't stop oh god yeah the, the, those are rooted in gaming, whether it's mobile gaming yeah. or console gaming or PC gaming. Microtrans microtransactions are the reason why Fortnite's a million dollar business. Yeah. Well, a million a day of business. Same thing with Grand Theft Auto. It has been on the NPD top 20 best-selling games list for almost a decade. It came out in the PlayStation 3 generation. It's still in the top 20 because it sells, it lures people in, and then people spend money all over the place on shark cards to get virtual currency. And, you know, I don't know what they do in Grand Theft Auto Online. I've never played it before, but um, it, it's microtransactions. Microtransactions are here to stay. Yeah. Stuff like loot box, you know, loot boxes. They're moving away from that because yep. that the bubble finally burst on that one, especially with Star Wars Battlefront Two. That yep. that almost killed it. But my, you'll never get rid of microtransaction at, at this point yeah. because it just it costs too. It, 
it's a constant source of revenue, and there's always someone who's willing to pay the premium to, uh, to get what they want. Yeah. The exclusiveness. The pay, yeah. You know what? The, that can be an entirely different, different podcast. The exclusive right to content and people willing to pay for it. That, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, that, that is an, that, that's an endless topic. Like, <laughs> yeah. there is, there's so much to the idea of, of microtransactions and, and pay to win mechanics, uh, and the economies that are built around them. And sports games now, gotcha that is games. 90. That's what they, you know, what they call it, gotcha games. Yeah. Mobile games are just buried in those. Lots of gotcha uh, I mean, the, games. Time. Yeah, well, I mean, most of them are like, and they have like two or three different levels. I, I have a you know, almost every match three game has like three or four different virtual currencies, and whether you're a parent or a kid, I mean, you're going to be looking at like, man, I just need one more, I just need to play one more game, and then I can get that extra character. Eh, three bucks, it won't hurt. Yeah, <laughs> keep spending it that three bucks. And that three bucks is now one hundred bucks, and now that hundred bucks is now a thousand bucks. There's been I, those I have videos on YouTube saying that Master Duel they spend like five thousand dollars, and it's like, why? You, no, yeah. you you waste your time on that. But uh, I have a buddy. I have a buddy who uh, he he has a kid who's just about the same age as mine, um, about nine ten years old. But this was a couple years ago. So he was uh, seven, six or seven at the time. Playstations, but they're on the same kind of family uh, family network. But he never bothered to set up parental controls, oh, and he, and he had put his credit card into his account so that way he could buy uh, booster packs for a baseball game. And <laughs> you can see where this is going, can't you? Yeah, <laughs> his kid played his kid played Fortnite. Guess who spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars? Wasn't the dad. It's a flipping kid. Yeah. Uh, he racked up, uh, what was it, $500 or something, uh, something in that neighborhood of uh, virtual currency for, for Fortnite. And they, you know, then they got the credit card bill, and they, were, they almost passed out. And they were able to figure out it was him. And I was like, well... It's your own stupid fault for not putting in the parental <laughs> controls. Oh my gosh! But well, kids are going to do that. They, oh yeah. I, 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 he shouldn't have known right from wrong. But at yeah. the same time, he's got this magic money button that's just letting him buy uh, <laughs> V bucks. And he, the kid didn't know necessarily. Right. So as uh, as parental controls is great. And you need to have your you need to have some parental controls. It it provides good content, you know. It's just it, yeah. it has good control. And with that, you know, any closing statements you like to share to the audience about parenting, about parenting and video games. Uh, you know, for for the parents who are gamers, you know about video games. But you need to be aware of your your kids' video game life because just because you're both gamers doesn't mean they always intersect. I don't play the same games as my kids. We have different tastes. Uh, but you need to stay on top of it because 
if nothing else, just to be an active participant in their life, to have that connection. Uh, it's nice to play games with them. If you can do that, great. Uh, but just stay on top of it. Just so you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. For parents who aren't gamers, you if video you games are not a great evil. Video games will not turn your children into criminals. Yeah, they will not turn them into that. degenerates. They are not some magic brain corruption device. They are a piece of entertainment, just like a movie, a book, or an album. Yep. Those can't turn your kids into killers. Neither can neither can Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. But you need to be active. You need to know what your kids are playing. You need to do the research. You need to be there when they're buying the games. You need to be a parent because Sony and Xbox and and uh, Epic Games and all of the companies, they're not parents. They don't care about your kids. Your kids are ATMs to them. Yep. Be a parent. Be active, but don't blame the video games. If you've got a, if they've got a problem with video games, you haven't done your job. Yep. And that with uh, my statement about it is, you know, parents have to do the research. They have to. If there's a specific type of content you don't want your child to have, do the research necessary for the game. Also, it's just like viewing TV. Well, yeah. you have to be very inclusive in what they're doing, what game they're playing. Ask, ask active questions, because a lot of times, the kids spill more. They tell you more than they want to tell you by you asking random questions while they're playing the game. Because they're just yep. going to tell you something. With, they're honest. That, that's the best time to ask what they're playing, what they're doing, even if they're annoyed with you. Ask those questions because it actually helps give you a, a limelight of what they're playing at that time. And if you have a problem with it, or you have a particular question, you can look it up and see what the game is. Always know the game title, because the game title is literally your, your ticket into the door to do the research for, like, Common Sense Media and all these sites that talk about different gaming and what a child should be entertained with, what is should be red flag, all that stuff is available for you to read. Yep. And if I could just say one more thing. Oh, yeah. Whether you're a gamer parent or just a parent who has gamer kids, your kid, whether you, like I said, doesn't matter what it is, video games, if your kid likes video games, whether they want to be a professional, they have delusions of being a professional gamer or a Twitch streamer or a YouTuber, doesn't matter. They're still interested in this. This is still something that brings them joy. Uh-huh. You should never, ever, ever squash something that brings your kid jo- actual pure joy. Unless it's detrimental to their health in yeah. some way, which video game addiction is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. But as long as they are not showing that, you know, as long as we're not talking that, we're just talking, they play a couple hours every now and then, it's fine. Um, just because you don't like it, or just because you don't, you're maybe a gamer, but you don't like the game they play, yep. that doesn't mean you have to crush it. Set Let priorities. Them in, Certain things are yeah. more priority over the game itself, so that's yeah. what should Let- Let them enjoy it. Let them have fun. Try to understand it. You may not like it, but at least try to go, I see why it makes them happy, and allow them to have that happiness. Because this world gives you enough reasons to not be happy, 
let them have that time. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is, uh, you know, video gaming, the parent side with uh, Jed Schaefer. Uh, you can find him on which podcast again? Uh, podcast is the Gamer Parent Strategy Guide. Yeah. It's available on just about every major podcast platform you could possibly think of. Just put the Gamer Parent Strategy Guide into Google. And I promise you, you'll stumble over it. Um, Twitter is GPSG Podcast. Uh, show's got a Facebook page. I've got a YouTube, uh, YouTube page where I do uh, YouTube shorts uh, reacting to video game news of the day. It's usually me being an old man yelling at cloud. <laughs> um, yeah, follow me. Uh, listen to the podcast. Subscribe, please. <laughs> All right. Well, the link will be in the description for anyone that is a visual learner and likes to click on things like that type of content. Thank you for being here. And this concludes the episode of MC Anime. All right.